is something the Lord got on my case this week. Does he ever get on your case? <laughs> and um, I was uh, fussing. Nobody ever fusses, do you? And uh, the Lord, and I sat down one of my devotions and I turned to this passage of scripture and I said, well, that will preach, <laughs> first of all, to me, and maybe I'll help my people. So today I want to talk about remember, remember thy ways. And, um, you know, as we ponder the things that have transpired in this last year and we prepare to enter this new year, what, what do we remember? And if we've passed the 50 line, I'll just do that because we're all young here. If we pass the 50 line, we have start to have a little ache and a pain here and there. We have other difficulties that arrive and we can't do what we once did. That sound familiar? All those things. And so the enemy has the tendency to enlarge all that to us. But this is supposed to be our greatest day. You know, we have the, we have more of the Lord than we did when we were young. We have more knowledge of Him. We have more knowledge of everything than when we were young. And uh, it's just that the enemy wars against the saints of God at all levels. I know that. But our world has changed so much, uh, in this last year or two. Governments changing and laws have been changed and Masks are worn. Whoever thought we would see a generation where, where p masks are everywhere. Somebody's on the street by themselves. They got a mask on. And I know that their protection and I'm, I'm not against that. I'm just saying whoever thought we would see that day. We looked at the TV and we saw them in China doing that. And we thought, oh, that must be awful. And now we see that in our own country. And it's hard to remember what it was like before all of this happened. And it's only been a year, year and a half, or however long it's been. And there's so many changes that has transpired in this time. And and we start to think about those things. And, and when I opened my devotions and I, the scripture came to me and said, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not. I thought about that. It was one of the first scriptures that I memorized as a child that I should remember the Lord in, in the creator that created me when I was young because <laughs> when I got older, it would be harder. And I find that God is, even though it might be harder, God is bigger. How many know what I mean? Because through the days and through the hardships and through the difficulties, we have learned that we have a faithful God and that he's more powerful than the works of darkness. And we have a goal, which is eternal life. We must not lose sight of the goal, which is eternal life and the, and the time of the kingdom that is coming. So today I want to talk about remember our ways. It's not a new thing, but God is dealing with his people. He dealt with them all through the Old Testament, and he's dealing with them in the New Testament as the disciples were trained to go out and spread the gospel. And guess what? He's dealing with his humanity today as we live and breathe. And so, you know, uh, we remember that he dealt way back in that very beginning of time in, in Genesis, first area of t chapter, he set Adam and Eve in their beautiful garden and he gave them one rule, do whatever you want in this garden, don't touch the tree. And they broke that one rule. And now 
All the Old Testament was full of many rules. And the Israelites could not keep those ways. They could not keep those rules. But thank God today, church, that we can remember our way with Christ because Christ makes a difference in our life. So God admonished the children of Israel, and that's kind of where we are today in Deuteronomy 8.2. And he admonished them. He, they had 40 years of horrible testings. And in these 40 years, the Bible says that he did it to prove them. So sometimes we go through trials and tribulations. Our world has gone through a trial and tribulation. And all of this, if we read the word of God, is to prove us, is to humble us, to see what is in our heart, to see how we will deal with it, and to see if we will be faithful to God in the circumstances of our day. So it's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as long as he tarries, he will be the same because he is God. And so in the midst of all of this in the Old Testament, when he talks to them and he puts them in the wilderness and they have all the struggles, you know, in, in the midst of all that, he still, he gave them water. He gave them food. He, he, their clothes didn't grow old. He kept them. He watched over them. And even though they sinned against him horribly over and over and over, he said, I will keep the covenant with you. And that's where we are today. Our world is full of evil and corruption. Things have changed so much from the days of my youth. And I can see that God still has the same covenant. And it's still as powerful as it was the day he made it. And he's still willing to forgive us. And he's still willing to keep us. And so I want us to be encouraged today when we think about our way. I'm sure that if if we pause and meditate a minute, everyone can remember a day that was heartbreaking or a day of trouble or a day of difficulty. But that's not what the message is about today. It's about remembering how you got through that way. It's remembering what's on the other side of that way. It's remembering the destiny that you have in Christ. So in the midst of all of the things that's going on today in our society, God says, my covenant is still intact. My covenant is still there. You are still my covenant people, and you still have an eternal destination. So the text comes from Deuteronomy 8.2. Remember thy way. It says, thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. Now, I don't like to remember all those things. But in remembering them, you can remember the goodness of God. And in remembering those things, you can remember how God wrought miracles. You know, we don't think about miracles today because he doesn't turn the water into wine. That's a miracle to us. But the things that he does in our life that maybe we don't even know is miraculous. He has already touched that family with the miracle with this baby. And he touches our lives in many ways that are miraculous and we don't even comprehend it. Because why? Because we're in the flesh. Our mind is on fleshly things and we don't get to the spiritual things maybe until we get to our devotions or get to church. But Deuteronomy 8, 2 said, God said to them, thou shalt remember all the ways I led thee. I did not only lead you through difficulties, but I led you through um, food and I led you through shelter and I, my covenant is still alive and well. So he says, thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord thy God led thee. And this is interesting. He led us these ways to humble us, to prove what was in our heart. 
if ever there is a day that the last year and a half has proved what is in our heart is this day that we're living in. Did we worry? Did we fret? Were we fearful? What did we do? How did we respond? What was our actions? All those kinds of things. And I'm sure that it's on the scale from 1 to 10. It's from 1 and to up to 10 and back to 1, you know, because that's the fleshly way. But God has a, a spiritual way that's much more powerful. Sunday school was about that today. Toy sang about that. God wants us to see that in the crisis of life, there is more power in God than there's ever been. And this is the church's finest hour to stand strong in the things of God. So he said, I did this to humble thee. Has he humbled us in this season? I did this to prove thee. Did we have to prove that we trusted him more than the newscast? Did we, did we have to prove to God that no matter what happened, if we were sick or well, we still trusted him. He is still a faithful God. And he was proving us and humbling us. And he wanted to know what is in our heart. And I think that's the biggest issue today that God is saying to the church of Jesus Christ that, Lord, what is in your heart? What do you worship? Do you worship the facility? Do you worship the pastor? Do you worship this? What do you worship? And I believe that all through Christianity, God wants to have an awakening of who he is and that we worship him and our hearts need to be stirred. You know, and th the only thing that stirs us is when there's disaster. You know, 9-11 stirred the nation. I mean, the nation was stirred. The, the people that didn't even believe in God got out and stood on the steps and they wanted God. You know, but when the crisis was over, and everything was back to normal. They forgot God. And we're in crisis now. And there are hearts that are turning to God. But there are also as hearts that just go on and never pay attention. That God wants to humble us. He wants to prove us. He wants to see if we have faith in our heart to stand the test of time. So he says to the Israelites, he says, Thou shalt remember all the way. Not just the bad way. Do you remember when I gave you water out of the rock? Do you remember when I gave you meat? Do you, do you remember with all these things? Do you remember when I parted the Red Sea? You know, do you remember those good things? I can tell you we can remember the bad better than the good. You know, but that's the fleshly way. And in Sunday school, we're talking about sanctification you know and it's about growing in god it's about being more tomorrow than we was today so that is very personal because wherever i am today i have to be more tomorrow and wherever you are today you have to be more tomorrow you don't have to be where i am you have to be more than what you are so that we can grow together for the cause of the kingdom of god and god wants to prove us and i don't i really that is not my favorite saying to, to be proved because I believe that God does a big job when he proves us. And when he, when he start, when we're fussing and then he leads us to a scripture and says, wait a minute, let's look at your ways. And when I begin to look at the ways and I remembered the hard places, you know, they say don't do that, but you know, you always remember the hard places because we're supposed to remember he brought us out of them. And we're supposed to remember the miracle of what he did for us in those hard places. 
so when he brought me to that and he said, remember all thy ways, I, I couldn't sleep that night. I kept thinking and thinking about everything. I thought about the bad, thought about the good. I thought about all those things. And I said, well, this is just going to preach. So I don't know if it means anything to you or not, but God is dealing. This is what he said to me. I'm dealing with the intimacy of God's heart, of God's people's heart. He's dealing with the intimacy of our heart. Now, that's shocking because the world has trouble with intimacy. They don't have trouble with doing their own thing, but they have trouble with intimacy. And if they have trouble with intimacy with God, they're going to have it with one another. They're going to have it in many ways. But God deals with, it wants to deal in this hour with the intimacy of our heart. How faithful are we? Are we willing to walk through the valley of the shadow of the death? Are we willing to, to take up our cross and follow him? Are we willing to walk through a crucified life if that's what it takes? God is dealing with us. It's a place, the intimacy of our heart is the, is the only people that can get to that place is God. We can show ourselves nice. We can show ourselves loving. We can show ourselves kind. We can show ourselves all the way we want. Our flesh can just, you know, it, our flesh is a drama queen. We can do anything. But the one who knows best and the one who knows most and the one who knows everything is God. And he wants us to come to that place of intimacy with him where we will trust him in all our ways, the good ways, the bad ways, the, the heartfelt ways. And he wants us to, he wants to prove us that we are going to be faithful through to the end. God is evaluating the heart of his church today. And it's not, not just our church, it's every church. Every church is being evaluated. And when I get down the road, I've got a scripture that will show you that very important, but for this moment, it's the work of the enemy to propagate darkness, church. It's the work of the enemy to propagate ill will, to, to propagate uh, loss. It's All of that is the work of the enemy to keep us worrying, or we don't worry, we, we're just concerned, but to keep us having uh, second thoughts about things instead of just saying, God, it is in your hands. I trust you. I don't like it, but I trust you and I believe in you and you are my faithful God. And I will remember you in all my ways. I'll remember you. You know, it's easy to remember when, when you have a difficulty and you say, well, God, how could this happen to me? Why is this? You know, we all have that. Our flesh has that. But to remember the good things, to look back and say, God, you brought me through this. You did this for me. Look where I am today. Maybe I'm not where I want to be, but at least I, I'm where I am. And you've kept me through all of these circumstances. So the enemy is plotting his course <clears throat> more than he's ever plotted a course against the church of Jesus Christ. He's upped his game because his time is short. I believe that with all my heart. He propagates ill will. He propagates stress, he propagates anguish, and on and on go the evil ways of the enemy. You know, if he can just take one little thing that upsets you, he can keep you upset all day. And maybe all week, and maybe all through your life. That's his purpose. But God's purpose is that we dwell in peace. Perfect peace that passes all understanding. I don't know why I'm smiling, but it's a perfect peace of God. 
And it, it sustains us and somehow it gets us through the trial. And we need to remember the good things as much as we remember the bad things. You know, it's easier to remember the bad than the good. There's wisdom literature in Proverbs, the fourth chapter and the 24th verse. And this is part of this that the Lord spoke to me when I was studying. He said, put away from thee a froward, froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far away from me. Twice he says that. Put it away from me. Put it far away. Well, okay. What is forward mouth and what is perverse lips? Forward mouth means disappointment, disobedient, adverse. How many have an adverse spirit? Whatever. I know they harass me all the time because if I'm watching TV, I'm always saying negative things to the people that's going on. You know, but... Adverse, adversity. Do you feel adversity? Does things stress you and cause you to feel adverse and difficulty and especially a worrisome, worrisome attitude? That is a forward mouth. That means you're speaking negative things. You're speaking things that you, you know, you get a cold and you think you're gonna, you get a sniffle and you think you're gonna get a cold. That's, that's a, that's a froward mouth. It's a mouth that says the negative things instead of the positive things. And perverse lips. Well, Jesus talks about that in Matthew 15, 8. Jesus said, you draw nigh to me and you honor me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. And this is where our society is today. We have people who wear the cross. We have people that say they're a Christian. We have people that go to church. We have all of these kinds of things. And they honor God with the symbols and they honor God with their mouths, but they don't honor him with their heart. And you know that in their actions because what a perverse lips is, is our actions. Once it, once it gets from our inside, out our mouth, then it becomes, our lips begin to be, um, our, our lips begin to have actions. We begin to speak actions, you know. How many know it's easy to speak negative actions? I don't like that. Actions come easy, don't they? As Christians, you know, we notice that Often we're running close to the concepts of the world. Have you ever noticed conversations are more close to the world than they've ever been? That our vocabulary becomes closer to the world than it should? Those kinds of things. I find that Paul's scripture is so relevant today uh, because he says, you know, when I would do good, and I know you know this, but let's just know that he wants us to remember. When I would do good, evil is present with me. You know, you can get on the phone and somebody's encouraged you and you feel really good and you hang up, and guess what? An evil thought goes through your head. Well, they didn't mean that. You know, because that's the work of the enemy to destroy our faith and to destroy our trust and our hope and everything that we have in God. That's the works of the enemy. So that we're always, like Paul said, I, I, I have the good thought, it's a bad thought. And it's always warring in me. As long as we know that and remember that God can bring us through that, we can be triumphant over that. 
And that's what God is saying to us today to remember our ways. When we start to think evil or we start to have a negative thought, remember the good. I need that more than anybody. And uh, so I just want to share that with you today. There is a warring in our members. But you know what? The church of Jesus Christ at large has don't even have the feeling of the warring. Because the power of the Holy Spirit has been so shut out in our society that there's no nudging of the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was a child, you know, if my mom told me don't, don't eat that sugar before dinner and I snuck in the other room and ate that, I remember I felt guilty. There's no guilty feelings in our society today because the nudging of the Holy Spirit has been shut down. And God is saying, remember all your ways. Remember what I brought you through. Remember it was my presence, the anointing of my spirit, my miraculous power. I parted the Red Sea for you. I did these things for you. Remember all thy ways. God wants us to remember those things. Now, I believe this is happening in our society today. I believe this is a strong thing that's happening in Christianity today that we want to do good. But it's difficult to do good all the time because there was a warfare against God's people. And the warfare is greater than it's ever been. I mean, when the laws of our nation have changed to more evil laws, then you have to know that the enemy is up to stronger forces against Christianity than he's ever been. Now, I know I'm talking to the choir. You know, I know that you know this, but God said, Put them in remembrance. He's putting me in remembrance. He's putting us in remembrance. And we got to get this spirit in us that we can put others in remembrance of the goodness of God. Now, it's about wisdom. You know, uh, Proverbs 4.26. This is wisdom, church. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Now, it's pretty easy to make some of our ways be established. We're talking spiritually. You know, we, we know certain things we don't do because that, that, that we understand is wrong. But then we fall into the gray areas. And pretty soon that gray gets grayer and grayer and something comes out of our mouth that is not so gray. And that's just, that's just a poor example, but The Bible says that we need to ponder the path of our feet. How are we walking in Christ? How is our Christian example walk? God wants us to think about these things and he wants our ways to be established. And that means that we, he wants us to have a faithful spirit, faithful to him in all circumstances. It's, it's okay to be, it's easy to be faithful when everything is good. It's real easy. And you get a raise at work and you can be faithful for a while until the, till the other things raise prices and then we're not, you know, we're not happy anymore because the, the meat costs more and the, everything else costs more and it's already run over our social security or whatever we have. You understand what I'm saying? But if we focus on God, we know that nothing ever runs out in Him. He's not at a loss for anything. And so he says, ponder the path of the feet and let your ways be established. In other words, look at our ways, see what is in our life that should be established for him. See what it is that always upsets us. See what it is that always brings terror to our spirit. And then confess it 
to God and ask him to lead us in all of our ways. Because, church, we're not going to get into heaven halfway. He's going to require a total commitment to him. And I know that we are a committed church, but we need to remember our ways, not just the negative ways, the good ways with the negative ways, the ways that we need to remember the ways that we need to change. I thought, well, what would that be? And then when I started thinking about that, I, I needed to get out a paper and pencil. You know, because it's so easy to be detoured from the positive approach of God's word. It's so easy. And that's why we need to remember the word of God more than we remember the difficulties of our life. When a difficulty that is harassing you comes up, we need to stop right there and say, I put that in your hands, Lord, and just slap me if I take it back. Because we need to know that he is more powerful than those irritating things that the devil brings up all the time. And he uses people. He uses people to harass us, you know, um, I got a new birthday, a new Christmas present, and we fixed it all up, and it worked. And then we got all settled down to watch the evening, and it didn't work. You know, those are just the ways that he harasses us. And guess what happens? Do we stay in faith? Do we stay happy? Do we stay cheerful? Do we stay positive? You know, how how do we react to that? And that's what God is saying. Remember all the ways. Remember, I'm more powerful than these little itty-bitty things that the enemy sends to, to destroy our faith and our trust in God. Proverbs 3.3 3 says, Let not mercy or truth forsake thee. When is the last time you felt maybe there was a lack of mercy in some crisis or some situation in your life, and you thought, oh, God, mercy me. It says, let not mercy or truth forsake you. Don't let him, don't let the enemy harass you until you forsake your mercy and your truth. Bind them around your neck. Write them upon the tablets of your heart. And why, why should we do that? I don't know what that means. Bind them around my neck. You know, write them on the tablets of my heart. That means get it inside of you. Get it inside of you. That's what the devil does. He tries to get inside of us and harass us to lose our faith. Or, you know, we don't lose our faith, but our faith is not as strong as it could be. Now it says, here's why. Verse 4. So shall you find favor with good understanding in the sight of God and man. How many times have you ever thought you just didn't understand? I mean, in, in all, in all ways, and simple things, you know, can get the can opener won't work and you look it upside down and over this way and some other way and then you hit it and you don't understand. Those are just simple things. But church, God is so much more powerful than the simplicity of our life. And we have to come to a place that we know how powerful he is. And he is more powerful than the works of darkness that is coming against our nation. And it's coming against the church world. And it's coming against Christianity. So here's what. Verse 4. So shall you find favor with good understanding in the sight of God and man. And the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. It's easy to trust with part of your heart. And you know, you know, if you trust with all your heart, you're not going to be worried. I mean, I know you don't worry, but you won't be concerned. 
If you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you will know God is going to meet that financial need. If you do what's right, you pay your tithes, you honor God, you respect God, you have a heart of faithfulness, you know that you know that you know that God is going to do what he says he will do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. How often do we figure it all out in our own understanding? So simple. I know the church probably can quote that passage of scripture. I've quoted it since I was a child. But it was just revelatory to me because we do lean to our own understanding. We do try to figure it out. We do try to go our own way. Verse 6 says what? In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I bet every one of you can quote that. But what does it mean to us? In all our ways. I got ways of my own I like. Am I the only one? You know, if somebody sits down at my desk and moves something, I'm, I'm peevished. Huh? <laughs> I'm bad. Church, I'm just one of you, hopefully. <laughs> but, you know, because you got things where you want them. You know, and Roxy was cleaning my house. Oh, it was so wonderful Saturday. But after she left, I couldn't find anything. You know, and I started to say, well, where is that? And then I, this message came into my spirit. And I said, thank you, God, she cleaned my house. <laughs> but this is the way the devil works on us. God does something miraculous and he does something special and uh, and just just blesses your socks off. And in one minute, we're... Forward mouth, you know, and one minute we're, we're losing it. So I, I know that the Lord wants to remind me that I need to look at my ways. And I think he wants the church world to do that in all of our ways to acknowledge him, to thank him. And sometimes we just need to say, well, Lord, what is it that you want? What is it that you're doing in my life? What shall I do different? You know, and honor you and establish you in all my ways. So what what did he do for you in last year? Because if I say, how did last year go for you? You would say, well, we had COVID-19. We had this. And so many, if you watch the news, so many people died. And I'm respectful of all that. And And now we have another strain of stuff. And then by fall, we might have another strain of stuff. Does the church hear what I'm saying? You know, and so our mind is settled on negative things because of this last 18 months or two years. And I say to the church today, we have to settle our mind on God. Mm -hmm. And that he says that he will take us through. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And heaven is a great place to be. You know, we need to recognize these kinds of things. So I said, thank God we're still on our feet. The church doors are still open. God met the financial needs. Instead of thinking that the church isn't as full as it was, you know, instead of thinking that, start thinking that it's still here. And it still had the finances to operate. And God is still moving. 
Because God's ways are not our ways, church. His ways are so much higher than our ways. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. And just, I know you can quote this too. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Okay, now what is the desire of your heart? It's for me, it's a Volkswagen convertible. But the desire of my heart should be eternal life. The desire of our heart should be eternal life. Because if we delight ourselves in him, that is what we're going to get, eternal life. These things of this earth are not important as the things of eternal life. So so uh, where did the enemy taunt you in these last couple of years? Where did he harass you? Where did he try to defeat you? Thank God we're still on our feet. We're still moving and miracles are still happening and God is still alive and well and the church is doing well. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Your desires should coincide with God. And when they coincide with God, they will come to pass. Now he says, commit thy way. You see, if you want the desires of your heart to come to pass, you have to do what? Commit your way. Commit your way unto the Lord and then trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. We know these things, church, but this is a reminder as we see the signs of the time, the rampant evil of our day, the transgressions of humanity. I mean, never before has the transgressions of humanity been so open. There, there's, there's no, there's no um, remorse in anything. Our spirit being desires to see the things of God. And when we don't, when we don't uh, have our mind on them and we don't see them, you know, then the warring takes place in our members. And this warring can take place in the most sanctified Christian because we are flesh. Jesus knew we were flesh. That's why he gave his flesh so that we could overcome our flesh. Now, the psalmist 86, 11 and 12 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. And saying that God is calling for the hearts of his people, the intimacy of their heart. He says, Unite your heart to, to, to hear my name. And then verse 12 says, I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. It's one thing to glorify God. It's another thing to glorify him with all our heart. That means when you say all my heart, that means you surrender your own way. God has a lot to say about our own way. And I don't want to make this a lengthy sermon today, but I'm going to give you a couple of references if you're, if this touches your spirit in any way and you want to look at the word of God about it. He talks uh, to the Israelites about they turn to their own way. No matter what he did for them, they turn to their own way. And he said, and this is the references. There's, uh, Proverbs 1, 29 through 31. Proverbs 1, 29 through 31. Ezekiel 22, 32. These are harsh things. And Ezekiel 36, 17. And this is a very harsh thing to me. 
Isaiah 56, 11. He says he talks to the shepherds that don't understand and does their own thing. And is that not a problem today in our church world? So God doesn't like our own way. God wants our own way to surrender to his will. Proverbs twenty twenty four. it says, A man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? So how many times in your life, or maybe you never have, but have you ever just said, I don't understand? <laughs> have you ever gone through a season in your life and you go like, I, I just don't understand? I went to church, I paid my tithes, I don't understand. You know, we just don't understand. That's because it's God's doings. That was revelatory to me. When we think we don't understand, it is God's doings in our life. Sometimes we don't like his doings. And that's why we think, I don't understand. But if we say, Lord, I don't understand, help me understand. Speak to me. Then we will, we will get rid of our own way and go his way. This is a worthy thought, a worthy thought. And I've just passed through it. But in Isaiah 53, you know, where Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and he was a bruise for our iniquities. How many know that passage of scripture? You know what is a justin to that scripture in verse 6? All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And God laid upon Jesus our sins. Just think on that, church. We went our own way, and God laid our own way upon Jesus that we could see that it's possible to submit our way unto the Lord. And I've read that scripture for 35 years here in Easter season. You know, but that was a revelatory thought to me. You know, it all happened because we went our own way. It all happened because Israel went their own way. That I like my own way. And we have to surrender our own way and commit ourselves to God and ponder our path that he can revolutionize the church in this hour of desperation. We can thank God that he sent Jesus, uh, you know, because we could have never kept the law. We can't keep, we can't keep the, the, the holy commandment of Jesus, just to love him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our spirit. Because our mind wanders. We have to draw back, get it under control. We need to thank God so much every day for Jesus and for his covenant that is, that we are able to live in a peaceable situation. In Ezekiel sixteen sixty two, this is what he said. After he told them they went their own way, he did. they did all the evil things they did in the Old Testament, and he would redeem them, and then they would go back. He sent the Ten Commandments, and then they built the idols. Ezekiel sixteen sixty two. he said, I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt know I am the Lord. So no matter where we have brokenness in our lives, the covenant is still intact. The covenant is still working. Oh, church, let us remember the ways that God has led us through these years, not just this last two years, but our whole life. You know, some of us got a lot of thinking to do because we got a lot of years that he's led us through. But in all of our years, there's been heart heartaches. 
and there's been loss and there's been suffering. But today we're still whole because his covenant is still intact. We are a covenant people and he does not forget his covenant. We might go our own way. We might have a warring in our spirit. We might do those things. But church, we have to just always have it in our heart. God, let me commit my way unto you. Let me remember what you brought me through, the good things. Let me remember that you brought me through the bad things. Just let me remember. He leads us in mercy and grace and peace. The world doesn't understand that. You know, as I mused over the 40 years, we're talking about the Israelites were 40 years. I just looked at 40 years. That's all the more I could handle. But I looked over the last 40 years and I thought how gracious and how powerful and how merciful God has been in my life. And I think that if we would take time to meditate just a moment, you know, in, in our daily schedules and remember all the ways that God has led us, all the good ways. And if you remember a bad way, then remember the good way that he brought you out. God wants our heart, church. In these trying times, we need to turn more often to him than we turn to the news and when we turn to man's opinions and man's ideals and all of the things that's going on. You know, they got all kinds of things conjured up that they're going to do, but nothing is going to happen without God in control. God wants our heart. So in all our ways, let us acknowledge the Lord and let us find shelter in God's hope. Ezekiel 16, it just I want to close with that today. It says, God remembers his covenant with us from the days of our youth. And he established us with everlasting covenant. And the Lord, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Our desire should be eternal life. Because if our desire is eternal life, we'll live better. We'll walk better. Our heart will be more pure. And God wants us to, to perfect our walk in Christ. Father God, we thank you that you ask us to remember our ways, that you brought us through the challenges of our life. Oh God, prove us, Lord. Humble us. Search our heart. Help us in our ways, Lord, that they might glorify you. You are our strength. You are our hope. You are our eternal destination. There is so much more in our life coming in you than we could ever dream. So thank you, Lord Jesus, and help us to remember all of our ways, I pray.